The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek, the voice of the UNLV Lady Rebels, in for Kelly Bidlin this week. Kelly taking a uh, well-deserved vacation. You know, we always say that about vacations, Wyatt. We say they're well-deserved. Do you consider Kelly's well-deserved? Always. Okay. Always. Just making sure. I'll just remind him all the work that I've had to do, you know, filling in for him, but... It's well-deserved for Kelly. I think he's staying in Vegas. Too. Yeah, it's a staycation. Yeah. He's, he's probably at one of these local hotels. Strip, non-strip, we don't know. Uh, but Wyatt... Uh, the voice of the Lady Rebels, hanging out with us four of the five days this week. One of the days will be Ortega on the Oscars and television in Vegas. He was so excited. He, I think he said it was the Academy Awards odds were out. Yes. And he said they were the earliest they've ever had him out. He, it is he was earliest. excited. It's June, for God's sake. So we'll get an early, we'll get an early preview <laughs> of that. Uh, it is football week here at the network. Uh, NFL week, that is. And uh, we have our guide coming out on Thursday, our NFL betting guide, the much-anticipated one. That is coming out earlier than ever before. Talk about Oscar odds coming out earlier than ever before. So is our NFL betting guide. So each and every hour, we will at least do one segment on the NFL. Our own Adam Burke will be joining us in studio. Always a treat to get Adam in stu- to get Adam on the show, period, let alone in studio. So we look forward to that. He'll talk about what he wrote about in the NFL betting guide, namely the AFC North, also some of his favorite season win totals, and those season win totals he wants no part of whatsoever, which is always a great exercise. In horse racing, they call them throwouts. Which horses can we throw out of this race when we're handicapping it? So he's got some season uh, win total throwouts before he gives the ones that he loves. Wes Reynolds will join us also to talk about what he discussed in the NFL betting guide, namely the AFC South and the NFC South. So we'll get into that with him and other NFL thoughts all week long. Um, Awards. You name it, season wins, futures odds, every hour on the show and on the network. And, uh, you know, before we, by the way, today we also will, it's not just football, we got to talk about the College World Series, the rubber match for all the marbles today, LSU and Florida after LSU got trounced yesterday, 24-4. to It is the big game today. We'll talk to Brad Porras about uh, how much we can expect to see of Paul Skeens tonight for LSU. Will he start? If not, how much will he pitch? What about the total, which has been an underfest until yesterday? Uh, what's the weather report looking like there? We'll also talk Wimbledon here in a moment because Wimbledon, a special numbers game investigation reveals, is just one week away. The really shortish grass season. Let me start with an NFL PSA. By the way, Will Hill, Chris Felica will join us on the show as well. Chris Felica with some college football season win thoughts as well. Um, so 
PSA on the NFL before we get into the entire week just talking NFL. I want to just say the public service announcement that we talk about on this show each and every year. And I give all the credit to Drew Densick, who was the first to really talk about this in a pricing sort of way. Um, but one of the best markets, if not the single greatest when betting the NFL, if you're new to sports betting, but you love the NFL more than anything else, and you're like, this is the year where I'm diving in, what you're going to get over the next two, three months, not just from this network, but from mainstream media everywhere, you're going to get a million bajillion NFL opinions on teams, on players, on coaches. The thing about betting markets is you're going to get all this. You're going to hear all of these opinions. You're going to be inundated with them, and you're going to have your own in the end. And for everybody, including yourself, some are going to be right. Some are going to be wrong. If you're, if you're lucky enough, most will be right, and fewer will be wrong. The issue, though, is the season length is only 17 games. So let's contrast that with baseball. One of the tried-and-true betting markets that we have talked about on this network and on this show, and I have written about uh, for year, year after year until Adam Burke, by the way, took over. I used to do the baseball manifesto here. I did it in years past, even before VEASAN. But Adam Burke does such a spectacular job with that now is baseball season win totals. And the reason baseball season win totals ultimately are such a great market to those of us who do deep dives into baseball is because there's 162 games. So even if your handicap, I should say, even if your handicap experiences negative variance, you know, I have the, the the only play that I made this year in the betting guide was the Rangers over. Well, the Rangers' last 20 games has not been as good as their first 40, but there's 162 games. So if my handicap is right, by and large, over the course of a Major League Baseball season, I'm going to win the bet if my handicap is right. You have enough time to overcome negative variance. College football, by the way, is fewer games than the NFL. But there's so many patsies on schedule that you don't notice it as much to the opposite. But the NFL is in that sweet spot, that sweet spot, if you will, of, you know, your handicap could be right, but all it takes is for one or two things to go amiss, and you're not going to overcome the negative variance of a 17-game schedule. All it takes is for the wrong player to be hurt for four or five games, let's say, and your entire season win total play could fall by the wayside. So... Alternate season win totals is the answer to this. Now, there's not widespread availability of those right now, so we're not going to get into the weeds of which we like and which we don't like right now, but I just want you to plant this seed as you listen to this week and to coming weeks and months of NFL talk that alternate season win totals is still the thing that I think you should gravitate towards the most. How Drew puts it, I think, is the most intelligent, which is, the notion that sportsbooks can price those alternate season win totals properly is a fallacy. So in other words, the, the actual season win total, the consensus one that everyone's going to discuss content-wise, those are calibrated to perfection. But the alternate season win totals are going to have prices where you're actually going to be getting more bang for your buck than you ought to in some cases. So, And all it takes is for you to look at an NFL standings, a final NFL standings each and every year, and then juxtapose them against the pre-flop season win totals, and you will realize most of the league falls at least one, one and a half, two games, either to the good or to the bad compared to their consensus season win total. So playing an alternate one where you're getting over plus $2 is still the way to go, and the books just can't price those properly. So that's the PSA of the NFL season betting-wise. Uh, to tennis real quick, um, because Wimbledon is a week away, and I'm going to do a podcast on Wimbledon later this week on the Beating the Book feed. So I do want to give sort of a preliminary 
snapshot of that before we get into all the other things we're going to talk about today. The men's side, first of all. Novak Djokovic going for his 24th, unprecedented. He already got his 23rd Grand Slam singles title at the French Open. That is the record. Rafa has 22. Roger Federer has 20. Novak is going for the 24th. That would tie him with Margaret Court on the women's side for the most ever. So that's really what he's chasing now as he soars now to be the uh, the number one men's tennis player based on Grand Slams of all time. He's the favorite. He's the short shot to win Wimbledon on the men's side. He's minus 140. He is the favorite. Carlos Alcaraz is plus 350. Everybody else is 16 to 1 or longer. So let me just say in advance, I'm not going to sit here and recommend anybody else but either Novak Djokovic or Carlos Alcaraz. But eventually you will see quarter markets. Who will win which quarter? We won't know who's in which quarter until this Friday when the draw comes out. Players to keep in mind, though, right? Because not everybody will be in a Novak or a Carlos Alcaraz quarter. In terms of raw betting numbers, raw betting numbers on the men's side, and I do this for every tennis match that I handicap. And by the way, shout out Anna Bogdan, who just won as a plus 135 dog for us. If you're at vsin.com slash picks, that makes up for a uh, of a loser yesterday. But with this, where is the value? Where, if this player ends up in a quarter that does not have Djokovic and Alcaraz, where might there be betting value? Well, based on raw betting numbers, I would first go to Sasha Zverev. Alexander Zverev, Sasha Zverev, 25 to 1 is what you see him in the outright. Now, he won't be quite that in a quarter, but keep in mind his numbers on grass, and grass is the shortest season of them all. It's a blink of an eye. It's like five weeks. But he has enough historical data on grass to let us know that, with the exception of Djokovic, he's got the best raw data. We're talking about serve percentages, return percentages. Zverev is a guy to focus on in terms of a quarter if he gets in one that does not feature Djokovic or Alcaraz. Um, Believe it or not, Taylor Fritz, the number one ranked American men's player at 28 to 1 in the outright, I wouldn't in any way recommends Verever Fritz in an outright as long as Djokovic exists. But if Fritz finds himself in a quarter that doesn't have Djokovic or Alcaraz, his raw numbers on grass are tremendous as well. So Zverev and Fritz feature the best value. The only other player I would mention at the very bottom of that list, Alex Dimonor, who is not a well-known player to the casual fan, an Australian player, he's tremendous on grass when it comes to numbers as well. So keep in mind, Zverev, Fritz, and Dimonor when it comes to to the quarters when they come out this Friday. On the ladies' side, not nearly as top-heavy. Obviously, Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz rule the roost on the men's side. But on the women's side, this is not clay. This is not, oh, it's Iga and everybody else. Iga's never won Wimbledon. She's never won a grass tournament. Part of the reason for that now is, I believe, she has so much pressure on her to win on clay that once the clay season is over, and she did win the French Open again, her third this past, uh, this past month, She just wants to unwind. She goes away. She hasn't played a grass court match until today. Today will be her first. So Wimbledon's on literally in a week. So is she the short shot? Yes. Do I have one bet on her from way back when at 4-1? to I do. You can get her at plus 380. You might even be able to still find a 4-1 to Aniga. But are there other players in the same vein that we just talked about with Fritz and Zverev and Dimonor on the uh, men's side? Are there players that represent value, and maybe even in this market, to win an all? Yes. And I'm not talking about Elena Rybakina and Irina Sabalenka as the obvious answers to that question. Petra Kvitova and Anz Jabor, you see them at 13-1 to and 14-1 to respectively. They may, even, they may even find themselves in a quarter that will be without 
you know, multiple other good players if they find themselves with a favorable draw. When it comes to raw grass data, again, serve percentages and return percentages, Petrik Vitova and Anjabur, and I'll say it in the other order because if I'm doing it one and two, Jabour and Kvitova in that order have the best grass court data of any players on the ladies tour over the last two years. So those would be the two names. If you're getting good numbers when the draw comes out on Friday, really in this case, you don't even need the draw if you want to take a shot at them pre-draw on the outright. It's always best to know the draw first, but if you're feeling frisky, Jabour and Kvitova represent the most value. Yes, I do have a Sviatek bet. I don't have any bets on anybody else yet, but I, even I, who loves Ega so much, may have a bet on those two. Come Wimbledon. College Baseball next with Brad Porras. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older. If physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. We had a couple uh, massive blowouts in baseball this weekend. First of all, Saturday night, the Angels beat the Rockies 25-1 to uh, in a game where you were at one point the uh, in-game total was 30 and a half. Was as high as I saw it get. By the way, the Rockies end up winning that series <laughs> two games to one with a uh, a plus 20 run differential. 
So good on the Rockies for overcoming the Terrib- minus 20 run differential to win the series. Terrible of the Angels. I mean, you know, what a great Saturday, but it's like, hey, we should have spread the spread They should the have spread it around. If you could only spread it around. Oh, it only worked that way. College baseball had a big blowout yesterday. Uh, after LSU had taken game one of the best of three College World Series finals, um, obviously putting them in the driver's seat to win the whole kitten caboodle. Yesterday, Florida went to town on them, 24 to 4. Um, and we had a graphic on this, just setting all kinds of records. Uh, did the Gators yesterday and evening up the best of three series. Florida's bats, this is from ESPN Stats and Information. Florida's bats put up some uh, big numbers, it says. There's an understatement. Most runs by any men's college World Series game, 24. Most homers in a men's college World Series finals game at six. Largest win margin in a men's college World Series finals game, plus 20. And tied the record for most hits in any men's college World Series game at 23. So it was just uh, just an absolute destruction. But much like with the Rockies-Angels series, it is but one game. And today, the rubber match for all of it. Florida, LSU. This gentleman has been with us throughout it this year. Famously uh, with the old missed tickets last year. Didn't hit a long shot this year. But... uh you did call it. We bring in Brad Porras. Brad, we were talking yesterday. Brad Porras, former uh, ball player at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who has joined us for uh, all of our college baseball coverage here. You called it yesterday when you were guessing the line here. You figured LSU minus 140. That's exactly where it is. Yeah. Hey, good morning, Gil. Minus 140, minus 150, somewhere in there. I felt like that's a pretty fair price because they should be, I would think Paul Skeens is going to pitch, so they should be the favorite in this game. Well, let's start there. Let's start with Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens, Skeens, again, who we've talked about on this show, the biggest college baseball pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg, expected to go number two in the upcoming college baseball draft. Um, This was the thing. This is three days rest now. Do you believe, what's the buzz? Is he starting? Is he not starting? And if he's not starting, how much of him would you expect to see? I think from what I can tell, the buzz is he, you know, it's everyone speculating still, right? Like he would want to pitch, but you know, all everyone in his inner circle doesn't want him to pitch. I, this is just my theory. Take it and leave it. Cause that's all everyone's got at this point. You would think he came to LSU. Yes. To get his exposure, be the number one pick, but he also came there to win, right? He came there to win a national championship. He came from the air force. Like he has a, you know, military background, military family background. He, they talked about how he did basic training, and he came out of basic training throwing 90 miles an hour as a freshman. Like, he has the mental toughness, the physical toughness. He, what, he walks to the locker room. You hear him talking a little bit? I outworked you. I outworked you. I outworked you. Do you I don't, I'm not really convinced that that type of person and that type of personality is just going to sit back and say, ah, no, no thanks. I'm not pitching in the national championship to win it all. I'm not saying it's going to go nine, but I just don't see him – not pitching at all, unless he's just he, he his arm is just shot. I mean, I mean, I'll take it. For it. I'll take it one step further. Before the uh, the game that put them into the College World Series, right against Wake, I said I'm betting mm-hmm. I'm betting LSU plus two thirty. I do. I have LSU at plus two thirty. Kelly jumped on with me. The whole bet was Skeens is going to pitch in this game tonight. He was starting that last game against Wake. He was brilliant. By the way, had to be brilliant to overcome Wake's brilliance as well. And the whole handicap was he would show up for a rubber match if it happens. So that's the first thing. And I'm of your mind. I think he pitches. It doesn't matter if he starts. Uh, I'm not going to make that call. But he will pitch. Um, and I would imagine not negligibly, 
in terms of the amount tonight. Like, I think we'll see him if needed for a good portion of this ball game tonight. Here's, here's the other question. This is where you can really provide us insight because we can speculate on skeins all day. Where do the Florida arms fall right now, in your opinion? Are they in good shape, bad shape? Where do they stand? I, it's so funny. Like, again, I think I can provide the insight, but it's, it's really just your handicapping opinion of which Jack Caglione do you think is going to show up? Because he's going to start. I, their bullpen is relatively, I, you know, I would say shot like they threw their best punch game one with Cade Fisher and Neely in the extra inning. And they've only got one day's rest, right, to try and bounce back. But you would think those kids are going to come out with all the adrenaline, and they should be able to pitch. They may not have their best stuff, but they're, they're going to have their best bullpens, bullpen arms on one day rest. I still think they should be okay. But they're going to start Jack Caglione, who, in my opinion, I think people like to hype him up, and you know he was great offensively, but he was really hit or miss as a starter. So it, it, he hasn't been good offensively in this in Omaha, really kind of the majority of this their postseason run. He's been in his head. You can tell at the plate he's in his head. I think I don't think they're going to get get a good outing out of him again. Just my speculation. He's been Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde on the mound this entire year. And the way he's been mentally playing baseball lately, and I, I, I'm throwing out yesterday. Yes, he hit a home run. He hit a home run. like, great. But I'm throwing out yesterday. That was just that was a, a bloodbath. I, I tweeted, I actually said, I feel like this is game one of a junior college doubleheader. <laughs> I've been on the side of that ball where you lose by 20 runs, and then guess what? You come right back out. And the team that just got blown out by 20 runs goes and wins the game. It's like it's just one game, just like you were just talking about with the Rockies. It's just one game. Yeah. They were front-running. They were winning. It's great. But if Skeen shows up and Thatcher Hurd is looking better lately, man, I just – I don't know. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm not content. You know what's funny about yesterday? Again, this is going to be the most outlandish statement ever said on this show ever, period. They lost 24-4. to there was a scenario early in that game. LSU left nine guys on base in the first three innings. Those Florida pitchers, mm-hmm. that Florida pitcher looked so shot. Like that game, yeah. <laughs> they lost by 20. I'm going to dare say it yeah. could have gone another way had they cashed in early in any of those innings. I mean, they could have, LSU could have been out to a huge lead in that game as well. Um, obviously giving up 24 at the end, who knows? But um, point yeah. being, we I don't know who of these pitchers is even reliable at this point. It really is a game of attrition. Let me ask you, uh, what, so you're leaning LSU, in other words. Is, is When we put all that in the wash, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I'm leaning LSU because I don't think Jack Hagleone's going to come out and have a great start. I mean, prove me wrong. I mean, go ahead. I'm, that's more. It's just my my opinion. He, I'm not. I wouldn't bet on him to come out and throw lights out. And then on the other side, Thatcher Hurd for LSU has pitched much better down the stretch. He kind of showed up at the end of the year, and you know Paul Skeens is Paul Skeens is going to pitch, and you know what you're going to get with Paul Skeens. So if you're asking me to take Skeens for at least half the game and Hurd, who's looked better. First, Jack Hagelion, who we who don't we don't really know what we're going to get. I'm going LSU. Last thing here, Brad. I have been betting the under in every one of these games at Charles Schwab. That was a foolproof strategy up until yesterday, right? I went one too far, didn't get the wind report. I got a little too frisky, but it's literally been like five games in a row, right, where the under is just cashing. It's no, it has been no issue whatsoever. Um, 
any any thought any not knowledge I should say of the weather report in this game is the wind blowing in is it supposed to blow out it's at nine right now I took the under not knowing again because it's a Skeens game um, figuring mm-hmm. that, figuring that if the wind is blowing in we're not going to see a nine come game time yeah so I did I did some research on the wind and the wind is going to be blowing out not as violently as yesterday but the wind direction is out. Again, so my opinion would be pass on an under. And if you want to play, I would think a correlated parlay is LSU and the over. And that's just going off Jack Caglione and their pitchers can't show up because the attrition has got them. And LSU just pounds them and they run with it. You know, I'm, not, I'm saying 24 runs yesterday, but I, I could see LSU winning an over game where they, if Jack Caglione. Yeah, does comes out and you know I've seen him only go one or two or three innings and let up several runs. I mean I could see that happening. Oh, I would. But, I mean I would, I would. I would imagine they'd be quick on the on the hook today for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I, I just I don't I don't see how they they're going to need him to have a good start at least four or five innings to then hand it over to Neely and Fisher who just pitched and Slater who you know we're going to give them one you know one or two times through the lineup they're going to need something out of Caglione. And if he doesn't give it to him, I think they're cooked. And okay. with the wind not blowing in, I, I, I would pass on the under. I'd, or I just, I'd let it go. Okay. I like LSU the most and then over a little bit. LSU the most, over a little bit. Maybe even a little correlation, Brad suggests there. For the big title of it all tonight, one game decides it. LSU and Florida tonight. LSU anywhere between a minus 135, minus 150 favorite. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Chris Felica, the Bear, from Fox, talks college football and Wimbledon with us next. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is always football season here at VSIN, which is why we're giving you our 2023 NFL guide early, coming out this Thursday. Three days from now, our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. Sign up today at VEASAN dot com slash subscribe and coming up football week here on visa not just this show but the whole network uh, adam burke will join us in studio uh, to talk once again about what he wrote about in the betting guide we'll get into some uh some afc north with him also season win totals his favorites the ones that he wants no part of whatsoever which i always think is a valuable exercise which are the ones that he just throws out that he doesn't even want to spend time or waste too much of his valuable time uh, sort of diving into because he can immediately say, well, I'm not going to bet that one either way. That's also a helpful exercise. We'll get into that. And then uh, next hour, Wes Reynolds, our own Wes Reynolds on the AFC South and the NFC South as well as NFL Week continues. Now, this gentleman will join us later in the week to talk NFL because he has written up some awards that he has bet for Fox Sports. But for today's purposes, we'll talk a little college football, which is really his bread and butter, and he's got some Wimbledon thoughts. It's the Bear, Chris Velika from Fox. How you doing, Chris? Oh, look at that, it's Skype. Not... I know. How about that? You get me in the uh, the pre-gym attire here with the uh, workout shirt and unshaven, so uh, I apologize for those no. people uh, watching what online. Is, what does so, Chris Velika do? By, with... by the way, coincidence or not a coincidence, Kelly doesn't have a bet on Keegan Bradley to win a golf tournament. Kelly not in the following Monday. 
Yeah, I'm a little worried about our guy. You know, this is this is the fear of golf betting. This is exactly what we talk about. So with golf, because of the nature of the sport, you love a guy, or he he does, or a lot of golf bettors, like right? they they get fixed into a guy, and it's sort of like the lot the person who plays the same numbers in the lottery, and if one day <laughs> you don't play them and it hits. The self-loathing is off the charts. This is the golf version of that. So, yeah, he didn't have Keegan Bradley, and yeah, and he's not here. Coincidence or not, you be the judge. I don't know. Thought he had a vacation, but maybe. Yeah. He, he tried his hardest to give that away at the end of the end of the round yesterday. He, uh, he did. He, he, he was leaking water all over the place. Unfortunately, Patrick Cantley played the final couple of holes, thinking that it was probably a major. So, uh, he got some help, but he did finish it. I, I like Keegan. I'm happy he did get the win. You know what did happen, though? Scotty Scheffler got himself another top five. Sure did. Wait, what, what, what do you go? Birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, I think, on the back nine there. Is that good? My God. What an ATM he is. It's incredible. Keegan Bradley with a three-stroke lead, a three-stroke win, I should say. The Travelers over Brian Harmon and Zach Blair. Cantlay finished in a tie, uh, tie for fourth with Scotty Scheffler and Shez Arrivi, who uh, flirted with this uh, for much of the tournament. Do you have any open championship bets in pocket, sir? I do not. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to see how things shape out. I, 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 it's hard for me right now to get past the obvious guys of, of, of Scheffler, Rom, and of course people are going to play Rory because it was the last time he won uh, the Open Championship was over at uh, Royal Liverpool. So I mean, it's, it's and then those three are going to be the, the majority of the plays. But I, I think there was encouragement with how well Cam Smith played. Um, in, in the U.S. Open, on, on a course like that, he obviously is a defending champion there. I, he has a great chance to go back-to-back, and, and I'm sure there'll be some other guys uh, whose form will go over there and, uh, and carry over. But I do not have anyone right now uh, in the Open Championship. What about Wimbledon, which starts a week from now? W- Wimbledon, I mean, I, I think in the men's side, you, you're, you're betting against Novak Djokovic, which is a, a hard proposition, even if you're thinking Alcaraz has it. But Alcaraz just got physically manhandled by by Djokovic on his best surface. So like, what, what makes you think he's going to flip the script on what might be Djokovic's best surface? I don't know, but, but you were talking about the women's side before, and you mentioned Ones Jabor and Petra Gavetta. I, I think you can even go further down the list on, on, that, on that odds board to come up with the winner. This, this seems to me like we, we all love Ega, and she's made us a ton of money. Well, she hasn't gotten past the quarters, I don't think, ever in a, in a, on, on the tour in any, an aggressive event. Like, I think you can go further down. I think you can look at maybe Caroline Garcia, who was so great at the end of last year. And she, last week, she played as well as she has since that great run <clears throat> at the end of last year. What she, what she losing a tie break and got broken once against Kvitova. So I think she's in play. I think someone like Alexandrova is potentially in play. I think Pitimitova is someone who had, been, had a lot of potential derailed by some injuries she's back now playing well uh, even again another hard person to bet but on, on grass Yelena Ostapenko who is as mercurial as possible mercurial as possible I should say you just have to worry about her having a complete tantrum on the course but her game translates really well to grass and she just won uh the the event so I, I think it's even further down yeah. than Javur and Kvitova if you're looking to the if you're looking to try and beat Iga. The two names you mentioned that I completely co-sign on are Kudermatova and Ostapenko. Their grass numbers are tremendous over time. Kudermatova, Veronica Kudermatova and Yelena Ostapenko. Ostapenko is like betting on Patrick Reed. It's sort of like a hate <laughs> a hate bet. Um, but that's what it is. And one last name before we get to college football. We don't have any grass numbers 
for her, but on hard courts over her ITF and Challenger series. Mira Andreva, who we've talked about on this show before. She's a young, young player. Mira Andreva, let's see where she lands in which quarter, because mm-hmm. she's the young up-and-comer on the women's side of the uh, of the tour who will do well, and I mean really well as the years go on. Maybe this is her time. Might be a little too early, but we'll see. College football, let's run through these, because I want to give about 45 seconds to a minute on all these. Yeah. LSU, season win total. Uh, is less than 10. Brian Kelly always wins 10 games, at least six years in a row, seven of the last eight. But you don't like the Tigers over. You like them under. Yeah, I, I went under nine and a half, and I found it a minus 105 at a place where it depends on what type of uh, limit you have and can get down on that. Probably a little contrarian of a play. But you look at the first month of the year for LSU, they got games with Florida State, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss uh, away from home in the first month of the season. That doesn't even factor in the trip to Alabama a&M, their offensive line was really bad last year. And if, if, if they don't get better offensive line play, uh, Jaden Daniels might not make it through the season. I know they got mm. some guys coming back. Defense, got, however, is going to be a little bit rebuilt. So, yeah, I'm under nine and a half on LSU. I love Jaden Daniels, too. Always have at ASU as well. So, let me – Colorado. I know this is – Deion Sanders, we want to just sort of say, he has avoided the amputation of his foot. He had his blood clot issues, so we're all happy about that. You do not believe there will he will avoid the uh, the amputation of dignity, though, this year. You are going under on the no. Buffaloes. Well, yeah, you had to go with Deion's health problems, did you? That's rough. But And this is an opinion I had even before Colorado, and I think there were fours out there earlier in the year before I really got out ahead of this, and I've been so far behind, but – Three and a half, I'm still going under. Like, like, this is a hard deal. I mean, they were awful last year, and I know there's a total roster overhaul, but the fact that it's a whole bunch of new guys, there really isn't a whole lot to build on there. And, and you're looking at the first, what, five games of the year at TCU, Nebraska, Colorado State, Oregon, USC. I mean, there's a good – I mean, there's a chance they could be 0-5 there because Nebraska's got more talent than them. And we'll get to Colorado State in a little bit. You're not going to win at Oregon. You're not going to win at D.C. You're not going to beat SC. And after that, you look, you still got to go to Utah. You still got to go to ASU. Like, you got to go to UCLA. I don't see where the wins are coming from. Like, if they get to four, I mean, D should be coach of the year. So even though three and a half under is juiced, I'm still going to go under three and a half with Colorado. So LSU under nine and a half. Colorado under three and a half. Colorado State, which you just alluded to, you are bullish on Colorado State. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go over four and a half with CSU. They got one of the the best defensive players in the league in Kamara. Uh, Troy Horton's one of the better wide receivers in the league. And I, last year, I think last year when Norvell came in, he inherited the mess that Steve Adazio left behind. And I think he just needed to kind of like what, what, what Mike Norvell had to do at Florida State. Jay had to do this in, in Fort Collins. They just kind of rebuild some confidence. Last year, as bad as they were on offense, they won three games despite not scoring more than 17 points. You would think that the offense is, is going to be better. And if you look at the schedule, the Mountain West isn't going to be a great league, but you get through the three better teams in the league in Boise State, Air Force, and San Diego State. You get them at home in addition to a lot of bottom feeders in that league like Nevada and Hawaii. I like CSU this year, and I think they're going to get to five and have an outside chance of even getting to six in a bowl. All right, back-to-back national champions, Georgia Bulldogs. Um, obviously a quarterback change uh, due to graduation here, but you like them to win the SEC. They are the favorite. They're minus 110, but you're, you're, you're hitting it. Yeah, I, I am. And this is, I'm, I'm kind of like, 
a little double double jeopardy here because I think they're the best team and they probably will win the SEC. But if they get to the SEC title game, they're going to be favored in that game. And you could probably get a little bit of a buyback if you want on the dog plus the points and try and win both bets. Like they should win the SEC, but if they get to the title game, they're going to be three and a half, four point favorite in that game, probably even over Alabama. So you have an opportunity to, to maybe take the Tide or LSU. If LSU gets there, whoever from the West winds up getting there. So like, unless you think Georgia's going to lose to Tennessee and Tennessee's going to run the table outside of one other game and they're going to win the tiebreak, Georgia's going to be in that game. But I, I think you have an opportunity for a nice little holiday bonus here okay. by uh, betting Georgia minus 110 to win the SEC and then see where you lie the first week of December. Chris, we'll talk to you later in the week with all your NFL awards plays, okay? Look forward to it, bud. Be good. My man, Chris Felica, the Bear from Fox Sports. Football with Adam Burke and baseball as well. It's a numbers game at Visa. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Then once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in... Mississippi and Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek sitting in for Kelly Bidlin. It is football week, the NFL week. 
uh, here at the network. The guide, our NFL betting guide, comes out on a Thursday, chock full of betting information. And a gentleman who is also our senior MLB analyst, and we'll talk baseball with him coming up here on the show, but he's kind enough to join us in studio to talk both baseball and football. Ladies and gentlemen, the glue, along with Wes Reynolds, that holds this whole operation together. It's Adam Burke. How you doing, Adam? I'm good. It's good to, good to, to be you. here. You, I got, feel, you got me out of the apartment in the morning. I feel honored. You are not a guy who uh, has a lack of things to do at this hour of the morning. Yeah, you know what? Only six games in Major League Baseball, and as we talked about during the break, the card is uh, quite ugly today. Yes. So it just happened to work out, you know, especially with it being NFL Guide Week here at Vison. NFL Guide Week. Let's start there. Um, you focused, among other things, on the AFC North. Mm-hmm. How do you see the AFC North shaking out? You know, I think there are a lot of different ways the AFC North could break down. Because obviously Cincinnati, to me, I think has a great chance of you know going back to the Super Bowl, and who knows, maybe they were that late push on Patrick Mahomes away from being back-to-back AFC champions. When you've got Joe Burrow, when you have that offense, when you have a really good DC and like Lou Anarumo, it's hard to do anything other than like the Bengals in the division. But now you've got Lamar Jackson back in the fold again for the Ravens as he negotiated that great deal for himself. The wild card, really, to me, is the Cleveland Browns. I mean, what version of Deshaun Watson do you get? If you get a Deshaun Watson yes. who's close to a top five NFL quarterback, the rest of that roster is really, really good. So that's a team that could spoil the party for the Bengals. He's the and wild card of all wild cards. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the weird thing is, and I don't know if this has any carryover to this season, but for some reason, Cleveland's matched up really well with Cincinnati the last couple of years. So if they get a Watson who winds up being – something like what we saw him in the past, all of a sudden Cleveland becomes really interesting. But if Watson is an average quarterback, you know, how much mileage can they actually get out of Nick Chubb with, you know, the way that they kind of run him, they won't have Kareem hunt. They won't have Dearness Johnson. They're talking about how much they like Jerome Ford and, and some of the other guys. But I think it's really tough to look at Cleveland and say that they have a high ceiling. If Watson is average, if Watson is not average and way better than that, then this is a team that's absolutely a competitor. And then, of course, there's Pittsburgh, where it doesn't really matter what the roster looks like. Mike Tomlin finds a way to get the most out of it. So it's a really, really challenging division where I think Cincinnati is clearly the best team, but there's a ceiling for both the Ravens and the Browns and a high floor for Pittsburgh. It's a it's a fascinating division because all four teams are, are formidable in their own way. Uh, Bengals are the short shot to win the division at plus 150. Associated season win total is 11 and a half. The Ravens come in next at plus 220 to win the division. Their season win total is nine and a half. Brownies are plus 425 to win the division with the exact same season win total as the Ravens. And then the Steelers, these are DraftKings numbers at plus 450, which as far as fourth shots in a division go is pretty short, right? Plus 450, their season win total, the Mike Tomlin inspired eight and a half mm-hmm. playing on his, he's never had a losing season before. So a nine. Oh, really? I'd never heard it, that. Had you never heard that on never this heard show? Never heard that no. one. No, we, we came up with it on this show. No one's ever <laughs> said it before. So is there, so is there a division bet? Is there a season win total bet within the division that you like the best? I don't think so because, I mean, look, I think that there's a realistic possibility that a lot of these numbers shift around throughout the course of the season and maybe you'll get a little bit better of a price. Let's say Watson comes out week one and looks bad, right? Then the Cleveland price is going to drop. Maybe it was just an outlier. Maybe he plays his worst game of the year in week one, and then all of a sudden you can look at Cleveland and kind of go, well, you know what? Maybe they're worth it to grab at, you know, plus 550, something like that, if the market shifts that much. Like I said, I mean, I think Cincinnati is, is clearly the class of the division. But plus 150 is tricky, and especially, I mean, look, Joe Burrow gets hit a ton. 
I mean, you know, it's not a great offensive line despite he all does. the upgrades they made last year. He's gotten hit a lot in the playoffs as well. They've had a couple of deep seasons. You know, I mean, injuries can impact any futures bet, but it would be tough for me in a division that's as deep as this one is to invest in the Bengals at plus 150 because if Burrow misses four weeks and it's two division games, something like that, all of a sudden this thing's really up for grabs. This is the thing about the NFL. I was talking at the Open about how it, all it takes is the wrong injury and mm-hmm. all of your bets are toast at that point right. if, you, if you're bullish on a team. Is, and I'm putting you on the spot for this. Last thing about the AFC North. Is there a stretch of schedule with either the Bengals, Ravens, Browns, or Steelers where we can strategize when to jump in on a season win total? In other words, is there a particularly easy stretch or particularly hard stretch that you can sort of wait to exploit? I guess I'd say maybe there's one that you could potentially want to jump on early, and that would be Baltimore. Because Baltimore plays th- – well, maybe this is one you want to check on late. I don't know. But Baltimore plays – three division games in the first five weeks, and it's all three of their division road games. That's right. So that's a really interesting schedule set up for them. Where I don't remember that happening with any team ever. No, me neither. And and look, I mean, they're done with most of their division games by week 12. They only play Pittsburgh in week 18 in a game that who knows if it's going to matter for either team. So Baltimore is kind of an interesting one where do you want to believe in them on the – if they go 2-1 and one on the road in those first three road games through week five – that's a that sets up really nicely for them yes. to have a good shot here in this division. So 100%. That's kind of the question. Do you want to jump in and trust them at plus 220 where if they go 2 and 1, maybe all of a sudden they're that plus 150 team or do you wait, think maybe they go 1 and 2 and then hope with the backloaded part of the home games on the schedule you can get a little bit better of a price. But of course, too, Lamar Jackson's been hurt at the end of the last two seasons. Yeah, but so, it, but I think it's, it's a tough. I think it's a valuable point, though. Again, it's it's at Bengals week two, it's at Browns, at Steelers week four and five. That could really uh, go a long way towards informing a division and or season win totals, but particularly division, right? And so you're right. Even the difference between say a plus two twenty pre flop versus say I don't know a plus one fifty to use your mm-hmm. number, just throwing out a number. After that stretch of games, if they gone two and one, the plus one fifty seems like a much better wager at that point than right. the plus two twenty. So there's all kinds of ways with NFL schedules to strategize. I want to get to to a couple. I don't want to give away everything because I want people to get the guide. Mm-hmm. I want to get to a couple of your favorite uh, NFL season win totals beyond the uh, NFC North. But just you also did this interesting thing where you just said, "Here are the ones I want no part of whatsoever," which I think is a valuable exercise because it saves you time. It sort of allows your handicapping process to narrow to a to a uh, smaller group of teams. What teams do you want no part of, either to the good or to the bad? You're just like, I don't want to touch these teams. Yeah, and look, with 32 teams, and, you know, I mean, we get to do this for a living. We're very fortunate, but a lot of people don't. You know, they have nine to fives. They do shift work. They have families. They're going on vacations, all these different types of things. Trying to handicap 32 teams, even between now and the start of the regular season, over two months away, is challenging. So, like you said, it's, it's a good exercise to be able to cross some of these out. And, like, one I crossed out right away is the San Francisco 49ers because that roster is incredible except for the questions at the most important position on the field. Such a good call. And I don't know if it'll be Brock Purdy or now they're saying Sam Darnold's ahead of Trey Lance, which is definitely an indictment of Trey Lance. Like, if Purdy, who, by the way, I mean, this guy was the last pick in the NFL draft for a reason, right? He barely got taken by a team, had the five really good starts, you know, had a couple of decent looks in the playoffs before getting hurt. 
I don't know if this guy is actually as good as he was in that small sample. Adam, but this how, roster is yeah. phenomenal outside of the quarterback position. How many times at Iowa State, I'll just raise my hand, did you say, I can't believe I bet on this dude? He, like, I felt like he was his best yeah. self in college his freshman year. His freshman year. Regressed right. throughout his career and then winds up all of a sudden being like the savior of the season for the 49ers. That's a great answer to that question. Give me one more that you want no part of. I mean, look, it's another one with quarterback questions, and that would be the Raiders. I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a team in the running for the first pick if Brian Hoyer plays more than a couple of games or if it's Aiden O'Connell or, you know, who knows who it ends up being there for the Raiders. But with Garoppolo, I mean, you know, I think Garoppolo is, you know, an average to slightly above average quarterback in the NFL, but that division is also a bear. So for them to have any chance – I think they need Garoppolo to be pretty healthy. Is he healthy by week one, by week five, by week 10? We don't know. So that's an easy one, I think, to just go ahead and cross off because I think there's talent on that roster. And McDaniels works well with Garoppolo dating back to their days with the Patriots. But, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in that quarterback situation. And and it's such a well-placed season win total, right, of seven and a half where Mm. it's like, Eight is so for the for the bullish people. The eight is so typical. They don't even have to have a winning record. Eight and nine. They don't even have to be that good. Why wouldn't I go over? But there is a there is a scenario. We you mm-hmm. and I do this for baseball, right? There's a range where everything breaks your way, where everything doesn't break your way. There's a scenario for the Raiders where this just falls off a cliff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, you know, we've got team previews for all 32 teams in the guide. We've got several different feature articles for you to check out. I have two of them. Zach Cohen on the MVP. Matt Eumanns talked to bookmakers. We got a lot of great stuff in this guide. And it's very, very consumable this year. We wanted to put it out early. vcin.com slash subscribe. It's totally worth it. And again, through the Super Bowl means you get our college football guide August 3rd. You get our NBA, NHL, college basketball guides, all of our best bet articles. It's a great time to sign up and be a subscriber at vcin.com. Look at you, Adam Burke. He'll give us a couple of his favorite season win totals, NFL on the other side, and baseball in his wheelhouse. Next, Numbers Game, vcin, the sports betting network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.